Welcome to another episode of Botox and Burpees. I'm Dr. Sam Ree, plastic surgeon and CrossFit coach, host of this podcast where we talk about plastic surgery, CrossFit, and everything in between. You can find more information at our website, BotoxandBurpees.com, and make sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast. This week's episode is with special guest coach Terry Wyattrack and David Sivertson, owner and coach at My Box CrossFit Bison in Midland Park, New Jersey. For most of us regular athletes, are there certain movements in CrossFit that are not necessary for increasing our fitness, and maybe that we should even avoid? We discuss what the controversy is, and whether we should or should not be doing these movements. All right, so the next topic is one that was, it started when I listened to a podcast with Ben Bergeron, and it's about whether regular athletes should or should not do certain movements in CrossFit. And Ben Bergeron, who has a great podcast, I like it, Chasing Excellence, says he does not do these movements personally, nor does he, as far as I understand it, I hope I'm getting him right, does he program them for non-competitive athletes. If you're on a competitive track, of course you have to because they're in your competitions, but he doesn't program, and he lists a couple, handstand walks, kipping handstand push-ups, muscle-ups, pistols. And the reason being is it's not about the ability or inability to do them, but he wants to focus on fitness, things that people can do at any age, whether you're 15 or, or 500 years old. And these movements are associated with increased injury rates. Mm-hmm. And there are also things he said personally he doesn't like to do as well, but why do these things if they're not necessarily in his mind, things you might do when you're 90 and if they might lead to an increased risk of injury. I hate, hate in general blanket statements. I just hate them because you're dealing with so many different walks of life, experience levels, goals. And I think this has more to do with a course I just got done taking and I'm working on my final project for it now, the OPEX course with James Fitzgerald, who does not like Ben Bergeron, and I I think the two of them have some drama between them, but they're actually very similar from this perspective, is for general fitness, of course, you don't need to snatch. You don't need to handstand push-up. You don't need to handstand walk. You don't need to muscle up. Absolutely. If the goal is only fitness, you don't need to do any of that stuff, all right? But (laughs) you could say that about every single movement that you do in fitness, Right? Like my worst injuries, I've said this before with you, like have come from running. Should I never run again? Or should I become better at running? Should I pay attention more to recovery tech like tactics and my running technique? Should I get a little lighter when I wanna when I wanna run? That it is not the movement's fault that is causing injuries, unless you have a room full of people that get hurt every single time you do the movement, then yeah, let's use the kipping handstand push-up because I've seen this happen. I have had it happen. I know you guys have had this happen too. You jam your neck. Mm -hmm. And the force, like a lot of people think it's because of what happens on the way down, like you land on the head. I think it's less that and more the power that you're producing with your kip and that drives, it's, an, it's physics, right? The, you're kicking so hard up, your head is going down, and if you don't time it correctly, you jam that neck into the ground before you press up. Is it the movement's fault, or can we be honest about this? Maybe your timing was off by a quarter of, not even a quarter of a second, a tenth of a second, and that's usually the case. And it also could just be the volume was too high. Maybe it was programmed incorrectly. Maybe you went into that workout with really tired triceps and shoulders 
and you just couldn't have the fast twitch to get up there in time. So to, to make a blanket statement that the kipping handstand push-up hurt, it could just be that it was programmed incorrectly or is executed incorrectly. Because I can say that most of the people here that have done kipping handstand push-ups have not dealt with that. But I've dealt with it, and I know you guys have. Mm -hmm. And so like, you go down this hole of, was it the movement's fault? Okay, let's take the kipping handstand push-ups out of it. When we run, box, jump, and double under on the same day, there's people that come in the next day and do my Achilles. Like, we could talk about myself. We could talk about Elena. Mm -hmm. we talk, her and I talk about it all the time. Terry now, Achilles issues. Mm -hmm. Like, double under days, I hate them. It's not because of the workout. It's because of how I feel the day after. So maybe we should take double unders out. The kipping handstand, uh, the kipping pull-up. Oh, man, if I don't have, like, good lat flexibility, my elbow turns out and my, I'm internally rotating my shoulder and my shoulder hurts the next two days. Maybe we should take kipping pull-ups out. Snatching, you catch it with the, inter the elbow pointing back. Maybe we take the elbow, the, the, the cleans, like Rob Scher with his wrist. There are certain things that you have to take out for certain people. That does not mean they can't be a part of the program. You know, you're making general statements because of a few of examples. I do notice that you program some movements less yeah. than others. Yep. And is that because of injury rate or potential injury rate? Snatch is one of them. Like right now, we're in the middle of a snatch cycle. And cycle, I hate using that word. We're snatching a lot right now, once a week. And part of the reason why I don't like doing snatches every year is because it's a really technical movement that if there are a couple things are off, it's the truest set test of stability, flexibility, mobility. If one of them is off by a little bit, you're, you are in a danger zone. And then you have to start asking yourself, is it really worth it for me to do that? Like, I'm just trying to for fitness, right? The reason I do program them throughout the year comes back to our open discussion. They're involved in CrossFit. If I don't program them at all, we don't practice the skills of them at all, progress them with 60%, 70%, 80%, and then all of a sudden they come into the open and we're like, guys, do the open. Oh, 21.1 has uh, 85 snatches. So we haven't done them, but I'm gonna have you do them at a high intensity. Like, I think if, I don't know if Ben Bergeron tells his athletes from CrossFit New England to do the Open, but if he doesn't program that stuff and, that, and he tells people to do the Open, he's in deep crap. That's his fault. If, like, you, you can't tell people to not do something and then say, hey, we're doing the Open, it might have this. I wouldn't imagine he does that, but. Yeah. Right. Are there movements that you won't do, Terry, because of potential injuries? At this point. There's movements I'm not doing just because I No, I understand. Can't. But, right. like, even, like, I have never not tried movements. There were months that I worked on ring muscle-ups, and right. I was not good at them. I'm not a gymnast. I was a soccer player, so I have good, like, lower half, like, either strength or just mind-body connection with the lower half of my body. Anytime you tell me to do something with my arms where, like, I have to swing and whatever, I'm like, I can't. I, it, it's such a mental thing for me, but I trained it. I trained it. I did. I was able to get a few, and then I never did any more again. But it doesn't mean that I wouldn't ever try it again unless I had a reason not to. Like, my, if my physician were to say you can't do those because it will put you in a compromising position and you could get injured, then I wouldn't. But I think for all of these things, like in terms of what he's saying, like you shouldn't do muscle ups or kipping handstand push ups or kipping pull ups. Is that what you said? Pistols or Pistols. handstand walk. I think all of these things, though, is it's, and I think Dave does a great job of doing this as a programmer. You have to be able to crawl before you can walk, before you can run. All of those things, strength based. We were getting upside down 
and we were doing handstand holds. They were getting up stand, upside down and we were doing strict handstand push-ups, regardless of if you're doing it to three plates on a mat. You learn the range of motion, right? You build up those stabilizer muscles, which is all of the things that you need in order to do the mo- movements correctly. And then you work on the technical part of those skills because they are skills. Yes. They're not necessarily, oh, I can lift up a dumb- I can pull, bring up a dumbbell and just do some shoulder presses. Like you need to learn the skill from the beginning to the end, from crawling to walking to running. And I think that's part of it. There's no reason you shouldn't program it. But I think if he's going to put ring muscle-ups into a workout this week, somebody who started last month isn't necessarily going to do ring muscle-ups. So, example, this week – wait, yeah, I haven't posted the program. This week, Wednesday, there's handstand walks in the workout on Wednesday. Option bear crawl, option shoulder taps, right? Right. On Tuesday, there's bar muscle-ups. Option strict pull-up, option ring row, option banded muscle-ups, right? If I just said programmed muscle-ups and told people to try them, if I told handstand walks, just try them, just try them, see what happens, then yeah, you can, you can go down the path that this is irresponsible. But no, like here's the program, and then it's on us as coaches, and me especially to help guide everyone towards coaching this, that you should be able to prove X, Y, and Z before you try this. Mm-hmm. And that's where we've grown. Like maybe I didn't do that in 2015. Like I've said this in the past, like I'm still learning, and I'm not going to come across as a know-it-all. I'm making mistakes right now that I probably won't realize for another two years. Fact. I'll say that right now. Oh, we all are. Yes. All right. So to say that you're just going to cross these things off, you're actually inhibiting someone from actually seeing what they can do with their body. If I was under that mindset, like how much stuff here can you do right now safely hitting a stimulus that you would not have ever been able to do? Part of this to me is what CrossFit is that you don't get from a lot of other programs, you can actually find out what you're capable of doing Mm -hmm. body-wise. If you just have some know-it-all at the top saying, nope, I'm not even, I'm going to neglect you from the opportunity to try this unless you're trying to compete because this is only for people that compete. That's such a short-sighted approach. And honestly, I think it's more about someone that says that, a coach that says that is trying to just make life easier for themselves. And I've listened to his podcast too a few times. And one of his thoughts, his life advice of thoughts is make things simple. And I agree with it. Make as much simple as possible as you can in a world that's not simple. So he crosses some things out off of like he used to run the East Coast Championships, mm-hmm. huge competition. But that, in addition to everything else, he goes, man, I was just I was spreading myself too thin. I wasn't putting out quality product. I was just trying to do too much. So I think that's part of what he might be saying is here. Hey, instead of us trying to get better at handstand pushups, pistols, ring muscle-ups, uh, snatching, squat snatching, overhead squats. Let's cross all that out and just try to get better at everything, like at the simple, simpler stuff. Like to each their own, go for it. But now I actually think there's going to be people out there that can do all that stuff that no longer get the opportunity to do it because you made the decision because you don't want to teach them. And I actually think it's a shortcoming of coaching that if you can't come up with a scaling option for everybody in your gym mm-hmm. to do something, that's a bad job by you. It's almost like you're taking the easy way out to just say cross things off the list simply because you don't feel like it's something that other people should do. I mean, I understand what you're saying and I agree with you. Yeah. I will say that he does have a point in the sense that there are some movements that if people are not aware of, they can hurt themselves. Really mess themselves up. Yeah. And I think some of it resonates in the sense, for example, you said kipping. Yeah, we've all jammed our necks. Yeah. I don't, I would much rather do strict versus kipping and i think for me it's just time spent 
loading my neck on the ground resting. Less risk. Yeah. yeah. The longer I, I rest in that head on the ground position, right. the more I'm axially yep. loading my neck and yep. it's not feeling great. Yep. But at this point I have figured out, listen, if I don't feel, and I don't like doing them because most days, I, and it's probably my te technique in terms of how much I'm resting, how much I'm kipping. My kip is not as good as it really should be. Mm -hmm. But I know if I'm going to do a kipping handstand push-up workout, I'm going to have to first work my neck right. for a couple of days after. Right. I'm not going to do any handstand kipping handstands for the rest of the week. Right. If, uh, they were programmed twice one week, and I just did strict And something press. that, like, again, I've years ago I didn't do this was a mistake. But when we do when we have pull-ups, those bar, pull, oh, sorry, pull-ups, those bar, and handstand push-ups. We now say that if you want to scale this district, do half the reps. And that's for across the board, and any day. And I didn't do that three years ago, four years ago. I really didn't. You know, so maybe I should have done that three, four years ago. And I got to take that as my responsibility. And then you have to tie this into the athlete's responsibility. When they show up on a, if you showed up on a handstand push-up, like we're going to have, we have, we do have Diane coming up. All right, so that's 21 handstand push-ups in the first set. It's kipping though. If you're like, no, no, dude, like, I'm not doing that, it's going to have to be on you to come in and be like, I'm just doing strict, I'm going to do 10 or 11. Yes, I got the SC next to my name. Like, who cares? That goes back to something we've already talked about. Mm -hmm. And this is where I think you can grow as an athlete here is make better decisions. And then the coach should be trying to get better themselves as well. But to cross it off completely... I agree. I just don't, I don't see that. The, because I see the flip side, for example, with bar muscle-ups, my volume tolerance has gotten much higher right. than the, and it's because my technique has gotten better so before i would just almost strict it but yeah. now i'm more efficient and yeah. i'm not killing myself on that right and you're right i wouldn't have been able to do that if i wasn't ever doing them taking the emotional like human aspect too like some of my favorite videos <laughs> that we have are someone getting their first bar muscle up and i remember terry getting hers Mm -hmm. I remember her like kicking her legs at the top and like being proud of it. <laughs> I think that's something, this is something James Fitzgerald hates when people say it. Because he'll say that people are lied to, like, that, that makes you happy. That, I'm like, no, they were effing happy. They smiled. There's right. something that they never would have accomplished if they didn't go after it. Now, then you go down the rabbit hole of did it really do something for them or was it a very short-term gratification? But I remember when I couldn't do them. And now I can. And like it's improved my capacity and it's actually opened my eyes to strengthen my lats, strengthen my stability, strengthen my core when I'm doing pull-ups. Wait, core when you're doing pull-ups? Yeah, mm -hmm. core when you're doing pull-ups. Strict pull-ups, right? Keeping your feet in front of you together, touching. Like that, it, it opens up so many other windows of fitness and protection and safety that, you know, you just don't get. It. I just think crossing them off is the easy way out. That's all. I do think there are some movements though that really scare people. For example, for me, if you make me do more than one or two rope climbs in a row, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be a really afraid yeah. of getting tired and falling yep. from the top. Yep. Is um, fear a bad thing? No. Like, if I had to do it a lot, I would force myself to learn how to be better at right. it. Or even just box jumps with a hard box. Yeah. I usually use a soft. I will occasionally force myself to use a hard, but I'm not going to do it for a lot of reps. But I have seen, I've seen you bite it yep. really badly. Mm -hmm. yep. Six stitches. Yeah. yeah. And I'm those are the good. kind of things that... Dude, I still hate box jump days here. <laughs> Coaching, I, I can't watch some people sometimes. Deadlifts and box jumps? Yeah, oh. I know. <laughs> right. So yeah. there are cer certain things that I think we should be mindful of. Maybe Absolutely. not completely exclude, but mm -hmm. we should certainly be mindful of. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think you monitor volume 
And honestly, listen to people. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I, I took this course and I've been doing CrossFit this long. It's my way of the highway. If I ever do that, I shouldn't be here anymore because you have to listen to people. Like I actually take in what you two say. Like if I had to pick 10 people in the gym, like I would listen to you, you two are on that list of, hey, this is too much. This is too little. We're not doing this enough. And I don't want to ever t- come across like I'm talking down. Like I hate pistols because they hurt my knees and hips. I hate them. And yes, you can bring up the most, they're not as, Everything we teach about squatting and lower body movement, it goes out the window on a pistol. Like we're literally telling people on a pistol to do what we tell them not to do. (laughs) And so there are things that you just do them throughout the year. You sprinkle them in, you work on progressions and stuff, come up with scaling. I scale pistol workouts nine out of 10 times. Nothing wrong with that. But it's, I think that you just have to keep things in moderation and be very mindful and listen to people that have issues with them. Mm-hmm. I think as adults in here too, we're all adults, right? So we have to play a role as athletes when you come in here and know what you can and cannot do that Absolutely. day. Absolutely, right. Everybody's coming in here with something different. Like maybe the baby kept you up all night mm-hmm. or like you had a really shitty day at work and you come in here and there's stuff that's just there. So maybe you're not going to perform at 100%. So maybe you do have to realize, okay, today I'm not going to do ring muscle ups because there's a there's the potential for injury today because right. I am not, or I've mm-hmm. worked out for the last 14 days mm-hmm. and I haven't given myself a break. So doing a high volume workout with ring muscle ups in it probably is not smart today. Mm-hmm. But I think that as adults, we all have to do that and realize that. But I think sometimes like the ego and all of that gets in the way when we're here. Mm-hmm. But I think that's really important as an athlete to know what you can and can not do in certain workouts or on certain days too. Like I've heard Terry say this in classes sometimes. Like someone will come up and be like, hey, I want to get a muscle up. I want to do the muscle up. Can you do a strict pull up? No? Okay. <laughs> like that there, there are things that you need to responsibly make a decision on because maybe there are people that can do a muscle up that can't do a strict pull up. But I can almost guarantee, I don't like blanket statements, so I'll say almost guarantee it's going to be done incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Your injury risk is heightened. And then if you do get it, you're just going to start thinking, that's the way I should do muscle-ups. And I think the adult being the adult says, listen to a coach and says, like, I'm thinking about telling people now, if you want to try to go for a bar muscle-up, you should be able to touch something beneath your chest to the bar. Mm-hmm. I think what Terry said is so true about high-skill movements because it's the equivalent of an RX that is like a heavy RX for a barbell yep. that you it took me a long time to get to that point where I could come in and, well, Dave wrote RX is going to be this, and so I might as well just try it. He's yeah. programmed it, so I'm going to try it. There have to be days where you as an athlete have to say, I'm not going to do 135. I'm going to do 115 right. because that's what my day gave me today. Yeah. And quite or, honestly, I love as a coach, like when you're sitting here and you watch somebody and they're like, no, I'm, not, I'm just not going to do RX today. It's, it's a clean workout and 135 is prescribed for the guys and they put 115 on. And they're still getting an amazing workout right. that day. They just don't have RX next to their name, but they knew what their capability was for that it's workout. It's so respectable. Yeah. It's so respectable. And I still do the fact that high skill work, um, movements are something that people should work on. Mm-hmm. I, it took me four years but to get a ring muscle up, but it didn't it wasn't one of those things where i worked on it constantly i worked on it did other stuff strengthened up moved up built up other skills like i think high skill movements are one of those things and and don't ask i can do them but don't ask me to do them now like this very second yeah these are the that's why i think people should be working on high skill movements i think your brain even at 
20, 40, 60 should be learning new movement patterns. Yeah, motor and control. It, it may not be as quick at, it's like learning a language. It's not as quick at 55 as yeah. it is at 15, but should you not be trying to learn a new language? Yeah. Right. You should, yeah. if you want to, yep. and uh, to tell someone that they can't, I think, is a little, a little too, too strong. Too strong. Yep. You can get every episode of Botox and Burpees wherever you listen to podcasts, or go to BotoxandBurpees.com. Thanks for listening.